to Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. My name is Carol Willem Roberts. And I'm her husband, Paul. And we are the creators of Grow Me a Story. Our website dedicated to the idea that everyone is creative. And inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. As your creativity cultivators, Paul and I are bringing in some special guests throughout 2022 to talk with us about the deep joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. Today is part two of our four-part interview with our fellow creative and friend, Carl Rowe. Carl is an accomplished musician and plays a wide variety of instruments, including the piano, guitar, and trumpet. Uh, Carol, perhaps we can persuade him to play a little tune before the end of our month. Perhaps we can. Let's get started with episode two of the Dreams and Bones podcast for the month of March. Our interview with our good friend, Carl Rowe. So some of this leads into our, our next question. Uh, we've got this idea of nature versus nurture. Uh, 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 yeah. to, to, to what degree do you think, and we're used to people saying, I don't think of myself as creative, uh, mm-hmm. but to what degree do you think you were born creative or yeah. gifted uh-huh. in certain ways? And to what degree is it just family, culture, mm-hmm. surroundings? I would have to say nurture, uh, mm-hmm. just what was around me. And now my mother's sister was a very good pianist and church organist, and but my grandparents weren't musical. Mm-hmm. So she had a good teacher, and then that rubbed off on my mother. I don't know if my mother had the same teacher, but mm-hmm. uh, then... Uh, yeah, just hearing them. I think even in the womb, you're learning if she's singing or playing piano. You, mm-hmm. It has to have an effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the neighborhood, we were maybe the only family that had a piano. Oh, okay. Everyone did sports and bicycles and would play football out in the street. You have to yell car when there's a car coming. <laughs> <laughs> Stop the play. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow I like music more yeah. i like sports but the older i got the more i didn't like team sports mm-hmm. i, I like okay. individual things swimming or gymnastics mm-hmm. and uh, did a little of that in high school with gymnastics and uh but uh, when i was in little league baseball there was a we had a big game one saturday and it was the same day as my piano recital oh and i chose to go to the recital wow. the coach was so mad yeah. <laughs> I wasn't the star player, but yeah, but I right. was a good player. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and how old were you then? That, well, little league. So I was eleven. Eleven. Years. Yeah, twelve. And yeah. made a, that's yeah. that is that's an interesting yeah. decision for a yeah. for a young boy to yeah, make yeah. that. <laughs> and uh, you know, at school, I didn't see other boys that were having piano lessons mm-hmm. and. There were girls, and but e- even then, not that many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of sad. You know, I think yeah. I think 
our parents' generation had a lot more of that mm -hmm. going on. They weren't. They didn't have as many distractions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's um, true. Yeah. So, so nurture. Yeah, it has to be that, mm -hmm. and it continues. It's still happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get involved in your local things here, mm -hmm. and, and I'm learning songs that. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, and you've talked with us a little bit about your daughters, and, and they're all very musical. Tell us a little yeah. bit about, about yeah. your kids. Well, I, I know, uh, well, I wanted them to learn music, have piano lessons, but not with the intent of being a professional. Mm -hmm. Just I know how much joy it brought to me, and mm -hmm. it was good, it's just good to have that. I, would, uh, I wasn't their teacher but I would help them on the lesson, help them practice. And sure. uh, they didn't like that. <laughs> you know, in the beginning, it was fine. Mm -hmm. But then they think they know it all. It, yeah. Or they're just tired of me. You know, I'd be in another room. No. <laughs> count, count. No. <laughs> and yeah, all three have done a lot. More than I had done at that age. Mm -hmm. uh, the middle and the youngest, they collaborated on a song and uh, they uh, entered it into uh, the John Lennon music competition oh. a songwriting competition cool and there's a bunch of categories and she put it in about three different categories huh. and I don't remember the category but they were one of the finalists wow, wow. and and you're just waiting for that day like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they, they didn't win <laughs> but still but, but, yeah. fact, to get in <laughs> yeah. yeah in the yeah. finals that's great yeah. Yeah, Rita, the oldest, she had her own music school and had other teachers working for her. And and the the business part of it was just getting overwhelming, mm -hmm. difficult, no time to enjoy the music. So you really nurtured your daughters into in, in, into that music direction. Did did your mom do as much with you as you did with your daughters? How early yeah. did your mom start you on oh. piano? Yeah, well, there was the exposure to it, just being with her. And then um, I was in first grade, six years old, and she started me with lessons of a, a lady from church. She, she Oh, she uh, didn't teach you. There was yeah, a... Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, she, there might have been some very basic things to, mm -hmm. you know, here's middle C and da, da, or yeah. do a deer, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And, you and can, how many years did you have... Out piano lessons then. So with uh, that first teacher, there was two years, maybe two and a half years with a break or two. Then I stopped and I got in the school music. Okay. Uh, then when I was 11, it must have been 11, started with another teacher. And that, that was good, maybe a little over my head. No, I wasn't. Hmm. It was difficult yeah, yeah. Uh, but good uh good to be exposed to that mm -hmm. and uh i loved music so much i didn't like practicing mm -hmm. the difficult stuff sure. just i just wanted to have fun mm -hmm. yeah. and i hadn't been exposed to ragtime yet mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if they had just played that for me when i was six <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah right uh so a total of a good four years of piano and then there was the school violin school trumpet finally in high school i took trumpet lessons hmm. then decided to you know i heard woody herman and mm -hmm. decided to be a trumpet major in college mm -hmm. started that 
and they wanted me to take things like English <laughs> and science. How dare they? Yeah. I wanted to play trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my second year of college, all I took was music. Hmm. And then, you know, I, uh, I was w- working as a cook in a restaurant, short order cook, and I'm spending all my time trying to pay my rent mm-hmm. and, and you know, get through college. And it, it wasn't expensive, but it's still, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to do it on your own. And, yeah. uh, so I decided to just move back home and go to the community college. So after being at Cal State Long Beach for two years, mm-hmm. being at the community college, I was the big fish in a little pond. Ah, yes. And then I had more opportunities. Mm-hmm. I would have never been able to play the lead trumpet part at, right. at Long Beach, but now I was the lead player. Mm-hmm. So that was very good. Yeah. Uh, th- so I started going to more colleges <laughs> and just, just getting in the bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, this jazz band, that jazz band. Um, and you're meeting all these musicians. Yeah. And, and that leads to a rehearsal band here or a gig here and there. Right. And, no, big bands are coming back. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Don't we wish? That would be so cool. Yeah. yeah maybe they will. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, a, you know, like private school for jazz. You know, he had big bands. He had different levels. And you audition and get in a band. And mm-hmm. Just something outside of school. Yeah. And I lived there and sort of managed it. And we also rented it out to for rehearsals for other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember the Baja Marimba band? Yeah, that sounds familiar. They yeah. came, they used it for to rehearse in. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! <well. laughs> yeah. And so, and some other real good big bands, Bob Florence big band. And mm-hmm. Remember Ed Shaughnessy from the Tonight Show? Oh, that's oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, he he came in and had a band. I guess he had a gig, and you know they yeah. just get together, right. call everybody. Okay, we got you know that was great experience to meet all these people oh yeah so a trumpet player i had met pro guy he was he was at the musicians union as a sub in a band and uh the band leader was telling him uh at at lunch afterwards they needed a roadie (laughs) they they traveled they, they did some tours and they had one, but he wasn't good. Mm-hmm. He spent all his time taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this guy I knew, he told him to call me. And he let me know I might mm-hmm. get a call from this person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that changed my life mm-hmm. because we went all over the world. Uh, well, we didn't go to South America uh, or China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 um, the The band was the Toshiko Akiyoshi Jazz orchestra. Hmm. It used to have her husband's name in it, Lou Tobacken. Hmm. It was Toshiko Akiyoshi, Lou Tobacken, big band, <laughs> but be, later became jazz orchestra. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> We'd be at these festivals, and, and here's Dizzy Gillespie and Sarah really? Vaughn, wow. Carmen McRae, wow. you know, uh, Louis Belson. Uh, and I, I'm backstage with all these people. <laughs> And I don't, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's just yeah. wow. Yeah. So, so that, that was another nurturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, just being around 
pros. Yeah, to be uh, around. Yeah. Sarah Vaughn, that was another artists. album we had growing yeah, up. Yeah, Sarah Vaughn, yeah. yes. <laughs> and, and you're hearing the great music yeah. every day. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, you see, this is what you have to be if you want to do that. Yeah, um, you're seeing what that mm, commitment is. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, the, the skill level. Was it intimidating? Was it? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're inspired as well. Yeah. And, uh, very cool. Oh. And how long, yeah. so how long did, were you a roadie then? How oh. long did that last? Yeah, that was six and a half years. Wow. And I wasn't expecting that to be that long a run on that. But uh, the reason I quit, they didn't fire me. <laughs> <laughs> I On one of the tours, I met my future wife mm. and... Uh, that, so then uh, we got married, and then I was still doing that and being a musician. You're trying to. Uh, and your wife so, is from Japan. Right. So you met so, in Japan. No. No. We met in Portland, Oregon. With within a couple few weeks after my first trip to Japan, <laughs> with the band. Okay. There we were in the restaurant, and I could tell she was speaking Japanese, and. Uh, and she looked Japanese too. <laughs> uh, so I had to show off what I could say in Japanese. And, sure. And uh, that, anyway, she had a ticket to the concert, and we talked at intermission when I was selling records, <laughs> and we, we became pen pals. Oh, and, you were a smooth operator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before. Yeah, before internet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, we got married, and uh, then when uh, my first daughter was born, there was another t- trip to Japan, and I I couldn't go mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave my sure, my right. my new child. Yeah. You know? uh, it was only for a few weeks, but mm-hmm. I just no can't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so shortly after that, I sort of quit being a musician as well. Mm-hmm. I started doing woodwork. That was a hobby since high school and uh, bought more tools. And I knew I, I knew I could make money. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. What, uh, what do you mean you were a woodworker? And, mm-hmm. and, and see, I go, that's creative. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. What kind, yeah. of, what kind yeah. of things well, were you making? Well, the first projects in school would have been things with plans and you have to measure and do Mm -hmm. all that but what i wanted to do was get on that jigsaw the scroll saw Mm. and cut out names and uh, car logos and Mm. just things Mm -hmm. like that yeah paste the picture on the wood and then cut cut that Mm -hmm. shape out it was uh it's kind of popular then to cut out wood names and you mm-hmm. burn the wood, oh, brush yeah, it yeah, off. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So uh, I was buying more tools and I had to decide, am I going to buy this new synthesizer keyboard <laughs> or a table saw? Yeah. <laughs> and, decisions, and, decisions. <laughs> and uh, so I bought the table saw. Mm-hmm. And uh, so about being creative, I, I needed money. Mm-hmm. And I, I realize now that my, the, my most creative times were when I didn't have money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You have to think Sh- of something. Yes. Yeah. And you're forced to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to do something. Right. Mm-hmm. And so 
I was anyway with the woodwork. I, I was making things I thought of that I thought were neat. Mm-hmm. And I went to, I think, two of these uh, boutique things where you rent the booth and right. your, your space. And sure. So, and I sell like two things. Mm. But there's all these ladies selling the wood that they painted on. Oh, yeah, the toll. Toll painting. Oh, yes. and, and they see what I make and say, hey, could you make this for me? And they're looking for woodworkers to yeah. cut what they want. Yeah. And, uh, and oh, sure, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot easier than what I was making. Mm-hmm. There you have it, episode two of our four-part interview with Carl Rowe. What I enjoyed about this episode is Carl talking about going to all these different colleges and how when he went to the smaller community college, he actually was able to play more and get more playing time, being first chair and um, really being, what did he call himself? Uh, He wasn't the little fish in the big pond anymore. Yeah, you know, I've talked with so many people about the value of education, and yet sometimes you need to surround yourself in a different kind of community in order to really have some of those gifts come out and get trained the way you'd like to be trained, and that's exactly what Carl did. Well, as we bring this episode to a close, we'd like to thank our Sacred Community Garden members and this month's podcast subscribers for helping support the Dreams and Bones podcast. If you have found us and you're not a member, but you want to know more about Dreams and Bones, go to www.gromiastory.com, where you can find out more about practicing the art of creative living with your hosts, Paul and Carol Willem Roberts. Join us next Friday for part three of our interview with musician and entrepreneur Carl Rowe on your Dreams and Bones podcast.